Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, April 19th, 2018 and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. And today we are reading from the big book and we're on page 53, paragraph one, reading through two paragraphs. Paragraph one starts with logic is great stuff and the end of the second paragraph ends with what was our choice to be. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Pia S., the 12 Traditions, Melissa C.K. I'm reading the text and support today, Elaine T., Marie J., and Robin Joe B. The reference numbers, the share ID numbers for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, that would be Wednesday, April 18th, is 11. 313, 11,313. And then the share ID number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting that just passed, Thursday, April 19th, is 11,314, 11,314. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Add a vision for you, Big Book Study. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask PAS to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your service. This is PAS in South Florida. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Here are always 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do service, and I'll pass. Thank you, Pia S. from Florida. I will now ask Melissa C.K. to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Melissa C.K., grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Um, Thanks so much for allowing me to do service. Thanks so much, Melissa C.K. from Tennessee. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 53, paragraph 1, and we'll read through two paragraphs, which begin with logic is great stuff and ends with what was our choice to be. And I will ask Elaine T. to open this discussion up by reading those two paragraphs and sharing. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. Thank you. Elaine T., compulsive overeater, recovered just for today in Pennsylvania. Logic is great stuff. We liked it. We still like it. 
It is not by chance we were given the power to reason, to examine the evidence of our senses, and to draw conclusions. That is one of man's magnificent attributes. We, agnostically inclined, would not feel satisfied with a proposal which does not lend itself to reasonable approach and interpretation. Hence, we are at pains to tell why we think our present faith is reasonable, why we think it more sane and logical to believe than to not believe, why we say our former thinking was soft and mushy, then we threw up our hands in doubt and said, we don't know. When we become alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? Okay, well, I listened to this morning's meetings and wished I'd been everyone who spoke. Um, but there's so much here, I'm not sure where to start. I think I'll start backwards. Crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or evade. That's how I came into program. And it was not the weight. It was the behaviors that were resulted from stuffing down feelings. If you don't feel your anger or express some other method of being angry, um, it comes out. It comes out your eyes. It comes out your ears. It certainly was coming out in me everywhere. And as a result, I was sent to counseling. And it was my counselor who identified I was a compulsive overeater and sent me into program. Not that you couldn't tell. I mean, five foot, not quite two, and 250, I was obviously an eater. Um, but then, you know, I had to deal with my beliefs. And coming into program, I was a believer. And I thought, well, I've got this. I'm not, you know, I, I'm a believer. I can handle this. Of course, I thought I could handle everything else, too. Um, and I definitely was um, logical, or so I thought. And I was a biology, so a science major. And um, it had to make sense. Um, what I'm learning now is that I was agnostically inclined um, because I was run on self-will and, therefore, not God's will. Um, and... I had to figure out what I was going to do. And then there came that inevitable question. What was our choice to be? The program said I had to make a decision. Was God everything or was he nothing? And in making that decision, then I had to act on it. And it hasn't been easy. I've been in program 25 years. I've only been in recovery for a couple of years. And um, I, well, that's not true. I got recovered right away. And then I lost it because, yeah, I didn't trust God. And I had to start over. But the, the point is that um, I had to learn to trust God. And I'm still learning to trust God. I have multiple stories I can tell you why I should trust God. And yet every time something comes up that frightens me or um, is of, of great importance to me, like my family, my children, I want the answer yesterday and I don't trust in the timing that it takes and sometimes I don't even trust in the answer until afterwards and then I get to look back and say oh that's why Elaine you didn't have your own children because you were so damn determined that you would go all over the world to get to and God needed those two to be taken care of that's why that's why 
But at the time, I just felt like I had done everything God had asked, and I was being punished for something I didn't even understand. Such a punishment my two children are. Do I sound Jewish? I'm not. But I think it's funny. And today, I am so grateful that this is the program I am in. This is the path I am on. And I am learning ever so slowly to trust God, making it that decision. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Elaine T. Appreciate that. Well, now the lines are open for anyone else who would like to comment on those two paragraphs. Page 53, paragraph 1 and paragraph 2 would like to comment. Marie J. Marie J. And Amy MC. Amy MC. Anyone else? Okay, so to save those ticking moments, let's go ahead and start with Marie J. and Amy MC, and we'll open up again. Good morning, Marie. (laughs) Good morning, Melanie. Thank you. This is Marie J., and I am recovered in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, I think I say either God is everything or God is nothing a hundred times a day. (laughs) Every time I grab myself will back, you know, what is our choice to be? This is our action, you know. I can be powerless over food. I can know that my life is unmanageable. But coming to believe in higher power is the action that we take. It's the action of choice. And it's a requirement of the second step in order to get through the harder steps of four through nine. So if I don't have that relationship, then I don't have the foundation that I need to get through the rest of the steps and the hard part of recovery, of examining my myself and my actions and being willing to look at my character defects and to move on to making amends to people I've harmed. So this is such a foundational part of the program. And I had always been taught that there was a God and it was a God of my parents' religion. And in the background of my mind, I always believed that I was going to go to hell. So I spent my 20s and 30s just outside the church. I just wasn't going to go there. I was really doubting that there was a God because I didn't want to go to hell. But then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to hell. So I, I just rejected that action, that, that idea, that idea of God. I just rejected it. But I never took action to explore what God might be. I never had the notion to just sit around and meditate and ask for the truth about God and then listen, listen for the answer, see if there was something there that could come to me. So I didn't do that until I got to this program. And now I sit in meditation and I don't ask for a definition or an understanding or an explanation of God so that I can come around to you and to everybody else and say, hey, here, I, I know what God is. Here's what God is. You know, I just ask for the truth. I just ask for an experience of God, and I sit and I listen, and I ask for inspiration and intuition that will help me lead a more useful and a more service-oriented life. So from that, I get joy. I get a joyful life. And I've discovered through, through this process that all my happiness lies in showing others love and tolerance and kindness, and that's what God is. And I'm no saint, you know, I do this imperfectly. And when my disease kicks in and I take back my will, I don't see love and tolerance and kindness. But one day at a time, I get to wake up and my first thought is to surrender my will just today 
to surrender to joy, to surrender to the truth, to surrender to love, which is all the things that God are to me. So I can be useful and I can be kind and I can be tolerant. And so this is the choice I make every day. It's the action I take. This This is asking us to take action. What is our choice to be? Either God is everything or God is nothing. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Marie J. Amy MC, you're next, and then we'll open up again for some invitations to share. Hi, Amy. Thanks. Hi, thank you so much. Can I be heard? You bet. Thank you. This is Amy MC, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. Uh, and it's been a while since I've been able to share and listen live to meetings. So I'm so grateful for everyone for their service and just the opportunity to have this time this morning. Um, I was really happy that this was um, a paragraph we were reading because for me, um, that very last bit, God is either everything or he is nothing. Um, What was our choice to be? When I found program and when I came into the rooms, I had really um, turned my back on God. And I, you know, prior to that, I didn't understand why in every other area of my life, God was so good. I was so blessed with family and friends and it was just this food problem and um you know I would pray that he could help me stop eating you know um and and every time um I would take my will back of course and continue to finish the bag or the box or whatever it was and I had gotten to the point where I just said all right you know obviously there is no God if if he's not helping me with this one thing everything else you know um everything else was was kind of okay in my life. And um, when I came into the rooms um, and into program, I was so relieved that God was either everything or he was nothing because I needed to accept God back into my life. And I knew that that was the only way that I would truly be um, relieved from the desire to compulsively overeat. And my mind, um, the obsessions that just come up once I have a triggering thought or food or anything in between. So I, I read this daily. I have, um, I have it in a beautiful quote and picture, and it's part of my morning meditation. And it's just one of those things that helps me stop and pause and check in with life and um, really make that decision. God is everything or he is nothing. He's the background noise. And um, when I'm able to do that and take that pause and pray and realize, am I taking my will back or is God being everything at this moment? I can easily move forward. And, um, you know, whatever is going on, he takes care of for me, um, you know, especially in working with others. So I'm so grateful for this program and these meetings and the service that all of you provide. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Marie MC. I'd like to open up the lines now for anyone else that would like to comment on paragraph one and two, page 53. Take some names. Jen A. Jen A. Leah S. Bonnie M. Bonnie M. Stephanie N. Stephanie N. Rebecca T. Rebecca T. Carolyn okay, that C. sounds great. Terry A.H. 
I'm going to stop with Carolyn, and then we'll get the next round with the next group of folks. Okay, so I have Leah S. I'm sorry, I have Jen A., Leah S., Bonnie M., Stephanie, Rebecca T., and Carolyn C. Go ahead, Jen. Nice to hear you. Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much, and thank you all for your service. So appreciated. Thanks, Sylvia. Um, I'm just reminded this morning, and I love um, that I'm reminded that um, this is a spiritual solution. Um, it's a spiritual program of action. And um, so I'm thinking to myself, I can either choose a spiritual guide or I can continue to choose myself. And what I've been choosing for myself hasn't worked so far. Um, it didn't work. And, and, and let me remind myself, too, that I chose that diet. I chose that exercise plan. I chose to go to any length to get thin, to stay thin, to be thin, to throw my finger down my throat, um, to purge, to, I mean, whatever it took, I did it. So now I'm at the crossroads and I'm saying, and I'm seeing in front of me, behold, all these people in front of me are recovered on this line. And I'm hearing this for the first time when I got onto the vision for you lines. And I was like, how did they get there? How? Right? I always want to know the why behind everything. And I heard in people's voices, it's a spiritual solution. I had to do these steps. By doing these steps, I have this spiritual awakening. Then I'm practicing 10, 11, and 12. And for those of you who are new on the line, and this sounds really like unfamiliar to you, and you feel like you've landed on a planet, um, the planet Mars, it is at first, but um, grab a hold of somebody who you hear has this spiritual solution, who has made a decision um, to turn their will and their lives over to, bigger, over to something bigger than them. Um, I know for me, that was like the big catch. Really? I want what you have. And so if it's a spiritual solution and I have to choose that God either is or he isn't, that's the first turning point for me, right? That's the first step I have to take. That's a baby step for me in program because today in program, I am telling you that I am having to do this every single day in everything I do. God either is or he isn't. Is he going to help me get through my son um, with a permit at age 15 and no frontal lobe in his brain? I mean, God's taken me an entire year. Do you know I stood at the DMV? And here's where I'm going to get emotional now, but I wasn't at the DMV. I stood at the DMV and watched my 16-year-old son get his license with serenity and peace and neutrality because God either is or he isn't. He's either going to protect my child in that vehicle or he's not. So this week, that's what I get to turn over to him. How beautiful is that? And right now, I'm about to walk in and talk to a high school counselor because the next step for me is asking God, either you are or you aren't going to get my kid into college and find a way to pay for it. Because as a single mom, I can't. So it is every day, every moment, everything that comes up, relying on something bigger than better than me. And I am just here to say that I am doing it one day at a time, one step at a time, with my hand in God's hand, and there's no better way to be. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. Leah S., you're next, and then Bonnie will come in behind you. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your service. I love these meetings. God, uh, my name is Leah S., and I am a grateful, 
rightful, recovered, compulsive overeater. God either isn't, God either is or God isn't. I I couldn't understand what that means really. Uh, what what kind of a statement is that? Even the statement had to be implemented within me to my understanding. It meant this is in control of Leia <laughs> or is it some infinite power that is moving things that are facts? and that are facing me, and that I'm trying to go against. Either God is, or God is not. And the truth is, if God is not, it takes me right back into the dumps. It takes me right back into the despair. It takes me right back into the anger. Oh my God, the cynicism, the, 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 the pain, the pain. It's so much easier. It's so much more. Um, uh, it's not only trusting, but it's it's so much more relieving. Oh gosh, how many adjectives? This is this is really really huge, huge, because this is really bringing me right up to my step four, to my step five, especially to my step eight and nine. Every single step that I have to go through in these in this program this is what it brings me to and this is what is happening and um I I, I can talk from today to till tomorrow but I think I, I I just touched the base of what my message is for today thank you so very much I pass thank you so much uh, Leah Le- S. Now Bonnie M. It's your turn, and then Stephanie will come in behind you. Hi, I'm Bonnie M. And I'm from Arizona. Uh, recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, what this brought to mind to me was um, my family of origin, and I was brought up in an alcoholic system, and um, I really learned quite early that my father, who was really not the alcoholic, um, was God. And, and basically, I was required at a really young age to be responsible for um, much more than I was capable of being responsible for. You know, a 10-year-old can only be a 10-year-old, and a 12-year-old can only be a 12-year-old. But I was required to make decisions that were far beyond that, and I learned it well. And... Um, and I could make decisions for everyone. And, and that went into my adulthood as well. When I walked in the rooms of alcoholics, or not alcoholics, anonymous, of um, OA for the first time, the one thing I saw was um, didn't have any, a clue what spirituality was, didn't understand the steps. Um, I saw the recovery in a lot of people. I saw the intimacy, which was one of the things that pulled me to to keep coming back. Um, but I also saw that this program really taught love and love to ourselves, love to others, love to God, love to the planet. And I wanted that. And because I was filled with so much resentment and shoulds. And, uh, and in this, you know... I know when I go out to dinner 
and there's a huge menu of all this stuff. And I'll go, okay, God, what do you want me to have for dinner? He's not going to tell me to, I'm not going to hear have fried. You know, if you fry, you die. So I will, pick, you know, so on my program, or, or I know that the healthiest thing on the menu is what I'll be eating. And, but I also know that if I don't do that, I got an opportunity to ask, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me in all this? And I try to stay away, to the best of my ability, to judging any behavior that I do as harsh. But everything is a learning experience because, to me, relationships are about learning and growing. And all I wanted to do when I came into this program was learn and grow, learn and grow. And that's the kind of program I believe we're in. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Bonnie M. And Bonnie M. from Arizona. Stephanie, you're next. I didn't catch your last name, last initial. Okay, it's Stephanie N. Um, I'm recovered in Kansas, and um, thank you for your service. Um, the thing that jumped out to me also was God is either everything or he is nothing, and I have a choice every day to choose to be in alignment with God or to take myself will back and um I guess I have, it's more than an everyday choice. It's kind of every minute because I notice that sometimes I slip back into my ego and um, my self-seeking, my self-righteousness, you know, self-pity, all of those kind of things. And when I stay there, if I um, get into that, I don't have a good day. And it's bad for my relationships. And then when my relationships are bad, I have a tendency to get into my head and, um, you know, just that, that wheel starts turning on, uh Oh, how can I fix this? And I want to control things and, um, there's no serenity there, but if I can humble myself and say, thy will be done and get back into alignment with God, then my relationships are beautiful and I can stay out of the way. And I don't need to be in control of everyone around me. I don't need to be in control of the situation. I don't need to be in control of the outcome. And there's so much freedom when I align myself with God, when I'm willing to step back and say, God, I trust you. And even if it's just this small little bit of faith that I have that God does a better job than me, which has been proven on the days that I am running the show, it's a disaster. But when God is doing it, it's generally beautiful. And um, even the things that are trying, um, it always end up beautiful. And so if I can just stay out of the way and trust that my higher power has my best interest in mind and that my higher power can see the big picture where I can only see what is right in front of my face, then, and if I can trust that the big picture is going to unfold and I'm going to see the beauty, then I can just step forward and say, God, you know, just, you know, help me. Give me the willingness to trust. Give me the willingness to stay in alignment with you. Help me to stay out of my ego. And please give me the willingness that I need to stay in alignment with your will. Everything is beautiful. And, um, and so, and, and it brings so much freedom when I can accept that. I am not God, then there's a lot of freedom. Thank you. I pass. Have a great day. 
Thank you, Stephanie N. from Kansas. Rebecca T., you're next, and then Carolyn S.H. will come after you. Good morning, Rebecca. Hi, it's Rebecca T. Uh, from Central California, Grateful Recovered, um, Compulsive Overeater. Uh, thank you all for being here. Um, I get so much strength and um, uh, power from hearing you guys share. Um, yeah, God can and I can't. Um, I Years ago, when I stepped into the program, um, I heard that and I, I had a understanding of God from, uh, you know, my family and what they taught me. Um, but I definitely, the entire time, I, I, I was in my own will. I I sort of took God as kind of like a, um, like a security blanket, um, but it's like I left it at home. <laughs> you know, I, I, so I guess once in a while, if I was at home or in my room, well, there it was. But other than that, um, he wasn't with me. And um, as I grew older and got into the program, uh, I think I was still trying to understand, well, what is this God? And, you know, okay, I, I need a spiritual uh, recovery. Um, but honestly, I, I still think I grabbed it as a little blanket. And um, then someone, uh, I think I won a little something at, at one of the days in a way. And it was like a plaque, and the plaque had said, uh, good morning, this is God. Um, I will take care of all of your, you know, problems today. Um, you know, thanks, I love you, and, you know, have a great day. So I I, I put that up on my wall. Um, so every day I would look at it, and it was like a reminder, okay, thanks, you know, God has this, God has this. Um, but then I would go out and, you know, <laughs> live my own will and the way I thought and the way I should do things, and now I'm doing a step four. So uh, all of my character defects are re- uh, revealing themselves. And um, yeah, it, it is huge when I, so when I finally gave, uh, got recovered in January and I, and I said, forget it. It doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter. I, I put everything else down. And, I, and every day I've been tapping into um, God and tapping into my prayers and tapping into my spiritual recovery and tapping into the meditation and um, like yesterday, you know, feelings are coming up and you know, uh, I watched my husband struggle with something, his own personal stuff, and interestingly enough, it brought brought me so much. Uh, I was angry and I was sad and I was mad and all of these things. I was feeling uncomfortable that, you know, that he was feeling all of this stuff. And again, it had nothing to do with me, but it involved me so much in terms of how I was responding. And I kept saying, okay, this is where, let me practice this. Let me put this into action. And I, you know, I prayed Mm -hmm. up to God on, um, so I'll I'll wrap it up. Anyway, I used God. I took him with me. I am not using him as a little blanket <laughs> once in a while anymore. And with that, I'll keep coming back. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Rebecca T. Carolyn S.H. Rebecca was from California. Carolyn, you're next, and then we'll open up again. Sylvia, I think it was Carolyn C. Oh, maybe it was. I thought it was S.H. Carolyn C., are you the one that stepped in? 
Yeah, if that's all right. I, I see it. I see it. I see it right here underneath the Carolyn S H. I assume. I'm sorry. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for the correction. That's yeah. okay. Thank you so much. Um, thanks. Thanks, Sylvia. Thanks for all that I've shared. It's been a really um, powerful, powerful shares, and a lot of what I was thinking initially has been said. So I'll just let let God guide me. Um, the the first thing that came to me listening, you know in the last couple of days and then also today, um, you know, I'm Carolyn C., sorry, recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Um, Why we say our former thinking was soft and mushy when we threw up our hands in doubt and said, we don't know, Um, you know, and and that God is is either everything or or is nothing. Um, My, when I, I keep thinking back to when I came into program, and I know I listened to these lines a lot before I ever said a word. And um, just listening for that ray of hope, right? And um, when I came into program, I I knew there was a power greater than me. There's no way that the universe is created by me. I don't make flowers grow. I don't make the sun rise. I don't make the moon show up. <laughs> and and um and so i knew there was a power greater than me what i didn't ever think of was that that power could help me with my food and moreover i didn't realize how much food was just a symptom it was just something i was using to stuff down all of the emotions that i had and i have a lot of emotions i'm a very emotional and empathic person i feel everyone else's emotions and so to have that, um, to allow myself to feel those things was really scary. And I had been stuffing them for many, many years in many ways. And so while I've been abstinent for over a year, it's still challenging to trust God and to let that higher power into my life. And it has to be a daily practice. And it is something that I practice daily and I have to reach out to others to remind myself that this program works. I have to hear other stories to remember this program works. It is a spiritual program of action. And if you're new, you might be caught up in um, all the other stuff going on. I was in a meeting the other day and there were people talking about their fourth step who haven't even done step one. And, you know, I just share my experience and that is I have to do step one. I have to connect with God. And if you're here and you don't know how to do this program, stick with it. Keep coming back. It does work when you connect with a higher power. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Carolyn C. And I'd like to open it up for a couple, two, three more people to be able to share. And I do want to say that I did hear Terry A.H. coming through at the last lineup. If you're still available, I could put you in the lineup here. Anyone else? Hi, Melanie. Carolyn S H. Carolyn S H. Oh, good. At least that will help <laughs> redeem me. <laughs> Thank you. Anyone else? Terry K B. And Mary Lee R from Oregon. Sylvia F. Sylvia. And did I hear? I don't want to go too many more because I think we're going to be out of time. But did I happen to hear Terry A H? Yes, no, you did. Thank you. 
Okay, excellent. I'm going to have you go first, if you wouldn't mind, because I did hear you at the tail there. And then Carolyn S.H., Sherry K.B., Marilee R., and Sylvia F., providing we have time for everybody, but let's give it a go. Good morning to you, Terry. Thank you, Mel, and good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Terry A.H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. And um, I just love, you know, again, I love, I love the book, and um, I think the most powerful three words in this book um, right here, it says we threw up our hands in doubt and said, we don't know. And, um, you know, I look at this piece where it says we don't know, and I look at that as, um, you know, we've just learned in, in the last, you know, almost 50, 54 pages, you know, we've, we've just been through step one, and now here we are at step two. And, you know, um, it says we don't know because um, I'm done. I, you know, I'm, I'm worn out. You know, the battle's I'm, I'm done with the battle. I'm, I'm done at the war. And, you know, this is the most, the, the three words is, you know, this, this is a big piece of humble pie because step one has been all about ego reduction. And when it says we, we became alcoholics, so I really had to see in, you know, the first 54 pages, you know, um, you know my powerlessness, it says crush by self-imposed crisis. We could not postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else or he's nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? And this is really, this is the departure point where I, where I come to really see, like, you know, um, Ken on my own power. You know, I saw that lack of power is my dilemma. You know, I'm powerless over the allergy. I'm powerless over the, the mental twist. You know, I'm powerless over my life. I just saw that on page 52 in the bedevilments. And um, on my own power, I don't do a good job. So I get to choose now. You know, this is the turning point for me. And, I look at this as like a military thing, like there's a surrender point that I come to, and the surrender point is three things that, you know, I, I have to say to myself. Terry, one, stop what you're doing. Two, put down your weapons. And three, follow direction. And, um, you know, what I've learned from this, Overeaters didn't give me the existence of God. Overeaters, Overeaters Anonymous gave me my need for God. And um, I'm so grateful that I get to uh, make a, a, a a really a, a choice today that either God is everything or he's nothing. And um, it's the last choice that I, I get to make. And from this point on, step three, it's all about a decision. So thanks for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry A.H. Carolyn S.H., you're next. And then Sherry K.B., you'll follow Carolyn. Star one, Carolyn S.H. Okay. Am I here? Yes, you are. Hi. You made it. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Melanie. Carolyn S.H. Um, I'm calling in from Massachusetts. And excuse my voice this morning. I'm a little tired. Um, and I just want to take a few seconds of my share to say that um, I dialed in late. <clears throat> and I didn't know, you know, whether I should share or not. And I was kind of asking higher power. <clears throat> and... I came short of saying, you know, God, show me a sign. And now all of a sudden I hear you, Melanie, say, Caroline, out of nowhere. And because um, I had no idea who had said their name. And um, I thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to share. So, um, and I really wanted to say um, that this whole, you know, God is either everything or he is nothing. Um, for me, like, I really feel like I can trust these words. And I can trust 
built experience and a hundred um, you know went before us um, their experience that when they say everything they mean everything right right and nothing means nothing and these words I take literally and um, like when when good, quote good things happen when bad things happen quote bad you know um, can I believe that's God can I believe God's everywhere and God you know got got my back no matter what um, and I just love what I heard someone say that, um, you know, there's so much freedom when I, when God is everything, um, there's just such uh, freedom in trusting that. And, um, pardon me if I use a, a very well-known analogy, but I, for me, this is what the analogy means is this famous analogy of, um, you know, two little fishes are swimming in the ocean and a, an older fish swims by and says, hi, boys, have the water this morning. And the two little fishes come by, and then one of them looks at the other and says, what's water? And for me, I feel like that's me, like God is the water. Everywhere I look, I'm in it. I'm in God. And um, my life is, is in God. And if I know that, I'm at peace. It's like it says on page uh, 68, um, just, uh, just to the extent that we do, that we, uh, I'm trying to speak quickly, but that we humbly rely on him. As he enable us to match calamity with serenity, so I can swim around and see calamity and bump into things, and um, I'll have serenity if I know it's all God. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Carolyn S. H. Sherry K. B. You're next, and then Mary Lee R. This is Sherry K. B. Melanie, is it my turn? It should see. Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it looks like we're going to have time for you and for Mary Lee and Sylvia. We probably won't have time for you. Sorry. Hi, Sherry. Uh, hi, um, Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered compulsive reader. And thank you so much for your service, Melanie and Sylvia. Just kidding. And everyone on the line. Um, anyhow, um, you know what? It, this really speaks to my heart because when it's telling me that God is either everything or God is nothing, you know, I, I had to I had to lay down not only the food, but I had to lay down my self-will because um, my self-will was everything and it was nothing and it wasn't getting me anywhere. And so what this is reminding me of is from here on out, after getting unblocked, getting in these steps, getting unblocked, you know, I got connected to my higher power. And so from here on out, it's me and God. That's it in a nutshell. It's like, and I have to invite God in everything in my life so God is either everything or God is nothing and so that means in every nook and cranny in my life every decision I make what I do I invite God in I consciously stay with God um, throughout the day and one of my favorite things in this book that it says on page 56 um, he lived in conscious companionship with his creator so if God is everything or God is nothing that means I have to from the time I wake up I have to include God in everything in my day. And that is especially when I'm doing my step work and especially when I'm doing in my life and with people and making decisions and, you know, from the littlest thing in the world to the biggest thing in the world. And that's what it's telling me because I've been in a self-imposed crisis for so many years due to trying to do it my way. Um, and all throughout this book, it's saying no human aid can relieve this compulsive overeating, only a, uh, only a power greater than myself. So if I want to stay recovered and I want to stay, stay hap, uh, abstinent happily and I want to be happy, joyous, and free 
and I want to be able to have my problem solved, I have to have God in my life. I have to, God has got to be everything in my life or God is nothing because then I'll be back in self-imposed crisis. And that's that's really what I take from this. And when it says that we don't know, because my, my thinking was mushy, because I thought I could run the Sherry Show. I thought I could do this on my own. I tried it on my own for so many times. And, you know, I had to also set aside my old ideas because the way I grew up, it was weak to rely on anything but myself. And so I've had to change so many things about my thinking and I love what somebody said, you know, Sherry, you just have to change one thing. And I was like, what? Everything. <laughs> you just have to change everything because either God is or God isn't. Either God's going to be in your life and you're going to stay recovered or God's not going to be in your life and you're going to be face down in the food, running on self-will, run riot. And that's how I feel about this. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. And Mary Lee R., it looks like we have about two minutes left. Star one, please. Good morning, Melanie. This is Mary Lee R. in um, Eugene, Oregon, in recovery just for today. And I, I am just so grateful. Um, I always want to share, but I feel so tongue-tied, and I just got the kick in the butt this morning to um, jump right in. Um, I was working with a sponsor this morning, and we were talking about our early um, exposure to program and. What I thought was a 12-step program um, was an OA meeting was not. And the thing that was said was that abstinence is the most important thing in my life. And that never worked for me. I mean, it is important, but it um, I when I put higher power, which I choose to call my divine director, then everything goes the way it's supposed to go. It doesn't go according to Mary Lee's script. And in 45 minutes, I will be electronically before a judge. This has been an 18-year process, and God is either on the field or God isn't. And I believe that um, higher power is my judge, and I've been turning it over. And I feel, um, I don't feel, well, I feel a little nervous, but I just feel confident that it will be the way it's supposed to be. And um it's been a long time in process, so hooray, hooray for the higher power, and hooray for everybody on this meeting, and hooray for all the positive thoughts that we send to each other and that we share with each other, and thank you so much for letting me share, Mary Lee in Eugene, Oregon. Bye. Thank you, Mary Lee, and that will end our sharing portion of this meeting today. Thank you so much for all that, that participated. So I'd like to close then with the reading of the big book on page 164 and then we'll follow that with a serenity prayer and we'll continue on after that point it just closes out the recorded portion of our meeting and marie J, would you please read 164 our book is meant to be suggestive only yes this is marie J in, in uh, recovery in uh, colorado our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little god will constantly disclose more to you and to us Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others, for this is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.